Hello, 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 and welcome to the bonus part of today's FYI, where we're talking about the Titanic, the tragic history of the Titanic. I hope you guys enjoyed the first part of the show, and I know you're going to enjoy this second part of the show as well. I wanted to open up by talking about the other ships that were nearby, que estaban cerca. Because many people say, due to the lifeboats and the fact that not many measures were taken, medidas, that many, li many more lives were lost than there should have been. I mean, there were even some people who refused to get off the boat. They refused to believe that the boat was sinking. They said, no, 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 it's impossible. You can't sink this this boat. She is unsinkable. And they refused to believe it. And little by little, they started realizing, wait, uh, now we're on a weird angle here. And sure, if you put yourself in their shoes, si te metes en su piel, they were in this nice, toasty, toasty, escalentito room, sipping some brandy, some cognac, and having a cigar, un puro, and laughing at the rest of the world because they were a part of something special. And the other option was go out into the frigid air outside the middle of the Atlantic and get on a lifeboat and just hope somebody rescue, rescues you. Well, that somebody was 58 miles away. That's about 93 kilometers. 93 kilometers away, the Carpathia. And she helped. She ended up bringing tons of people to New York and rescuing so many people. But she was too far to help at that moment. She could only help after the fact, or as we say, in the aftermath, las secuelas. Now, there was another ship, if the Carpathia is the good guy, the protagonist in this story, well, there's a bad guy, too, and that's the Californian, which was a ship that was supposedly only 14 kilometers away. And they claimed that they had no idea. They couldn't see the Titanic. They had no idea that there were calls for distress. But I watched a video of some people who were on the Titanic, some of the survivors, and they said they could see a ship so close that they could throw a stone and hit it. Now, there's a debate around this, too, because some people said that they kind of, you know, painted the Californian in a negative light, that they really weren't that close. But they showed that there was a close ship and that there were eyewitnesses, people who saw the windows of these ships clearly. There was another mystery ship. And again, everybody here just claims, oh, I didn't see anything. And instead of helping, many people looked the other way. Hicieron la vista gorda. But now there's some evidence that points out that maybe the Californian really was too far away and that there was this other ship you guys can look into this in more detail called the SS Mount Temple which was just right next to it and did nothing and I think this all of this all of these things we're talking about all of these things add to the mystery of the Titanic 
Now let's talk about the movie because we laugh at the movie because it's a love story, you know? Near, far, wherever you are. Okay, it's fine. What's wrong with the love story? All right, I know. It's a bit cheesy. But you got to admit, it's a pretty good movie. And I think it also, aside from entertaining people, it introduced a whole generation of young people to the Titanic and her mysteries. And it brought a lot more attention to the Titanic. And many people say that the the story, at least uh, not the love story part, but the Titanic part, that it's very accurate, muy preciso. I mean, historians said that you could tell, se notaba, that James Cameron meant business. Que iba en serio. And I guess it paid off, dio frutos, because the movie was a titanic success. <laughs> I also read something that it cost more money to make the movie than the actual boat. And that's partly true, because if you keep that money in 1912 dollars, well, yeah, then it definitely cost more to make the movie. But if you adjust it for inflation, well, the boat was still more expensive, but not much more expensive. The movie Titanic, they said the budget was over $200 million. Budget is presupuesto. And the Titanic ship cost $7.5 million to construct. Remember, it was constructed from 1910 to 1912. Now, if you adapted that to today's money for inflation, that would be 400 million US dollars. So it's false if you adjust it for inflation. <laughs> but the movie also, I mean, it told the story of the Titanic and used some of the most cutting-edge special effects. Uh, cutting-edge is a la vanguardia. But that doesn't mean that the Titanic was sold out. Nope. Nope. The ship was not full. There were a lot of people who couldn't make it at the last minute. There's actually a club they call the Just Missed It Club. Ooh, lo acabo de perder. Club, como casi. These were people who either sold their tickets for one reason or another, or they had cancellations, transferred, or maybe they had a change of plan. So there were many people who were supposed to be on Titanic who were not. And I think that happens with most tragedies out there. If you think of September 11th, there is a long list of celebrities who were either going to be in a plane that day or were going to be in the trade centers. I know I remember a story of Michael Jackson, supposedly, according to his brother, had a meeting in the World Trade Center on September 11th and he overslept. Se quedó dormido más que la cuenta. So sometimes oversleeping can be a good thing. And remember, to oversleep is when you don't do it on purpose. When you do it on purpose, like on the weekend, we say to sleep in. Another person from this just missed it club for 9-11, for September 11th, was Mark Wahlberg. We mentioned him recently in our boy band episode. Actor Mark Wahlberg was supposed to be on American Airlines Flight 11. And for those of you 
who don't remember the flight numbers, flight siendo vuelo, that was the one that hit the North Tower of the World Trade Center. And he had a last minute change of plans and he didn't end up taking that flight. This is not something new. This even happened in the age of the Titanic. This next fact blew my mind. I, I just never realized this, but the wreck, now wreck is naufragio, right? Uh, naufragio? I always say that word wrong in Spanish. The word is wreck with a W. It's a silent W, like the word wrist, muñeca. And you can say wreck or shipwreck more specifically. So the shipwreck was not discovered until, are you ready for this? I think I need a drum roll. 1985. So let me get this straight. The ship sank in 1912 and nobody got to the shipwreck until 1985? Wow! Yeah, it was finally located by a joint. Joint es conjunto. Uh, también es una articulación. Think about it. Something that joins your bones of your body. So this was a joint French-American expedition. Uh, it was led by Jean-Louis Michel and Robert Ballard. And they got together and they went down, they located it. Uh, nobody else could. It seems easy now. And they went down there and they finally got to look this behemoth in the face. Or I should say, the bow, the front part of the ship. And as I said, a little bit later on, we're going to take a look at the different parts of the ships. And we'll also take a look at some common expressions as well. Now, many people have been down to see the wreck, including James Cameron. He went down there to take a look at it. But just imagine that you're a part of this expedition. And you're going down there, you're at the bottom of the ocean, or as we say, on the ocean floor. And there it is, you see a dark figure, and you start coming closer and closer, and you realize, there it is. It's the Titanic, like you found the missing link, the missing piece of a puzzle, a missing piece of history. And in 1985, they rediscovered it. And an interesting story, I don't know if it's true or not, but I read it, and it, if it is true, it must have been very eerie, inquietante, escalofriante. And basically, when they went down and they finally flashed a light on the Titanic, there was a light that flashed back at them. No, un destello que se le, le devolvió de dentro del barco. And you can imagine these guys, I don't know if you can do that with a wetsuit, neopreno, but I imagine they pooped their pants when they said, oh my God, this is technically a graveyard, un cementerio, and bajo, you know, under the sea, and there's not supposed to be any life except for fish and, well, algae and things like that. Well, I'm sure some of you have figured it out already, but what that was is the reflection. His uh, light was reflecting off a chandelier or perhaps a mirror on the Titanic. So what they were seeing was their own light reflecting back on them. I don't care. I still would have crapped my pants. And as I said before, one of the, the sad parts about this is the Titanic is not uh, invincible, as we already know, but not even in her final resting place at the bottom of the Atlantic. Why? Well, we said it before. It's metal 
and its water with salt. So we're talking about rust and erosion and, well, it's, you know, the this, this sea and its creatures are eating away at this wreck. And scientists have estimated that uh, by the year 2030, due to the bacteria and erosion, well, the Titanic could vanish forever. So that, did you ever think that? Nobody ever thought that, right? Everybody says, oh, it's at the bottom of the ocean and it's going to stay there forever. No, there's, it's, it's got uh, a deadline, fecha limite, at least according to science. And so there's a proposal. There are many different proposals, but there's one proposal now to save the Titanic. And this is by painting her and repainting her with another coat, a coat is una capa, and a coat that would protect her from the ocean water. They have this kind of paint and this process where they can paint underwater. Now, it seems like a lot of work, but then again, remember, this is a piece of history. There are people in there still that are buried, enterrados in this relic, and when it disappears, when it vanishes, It'll be gone forever. So who knows? They want to turn it into an underwater museum. But the only thing is, I guess it's in a museum that's not easily accessible. But everybody wants a piece of the Titanic. There are auctions all over the world. And in fact, I think recently I read something like one of the original life jackets from the Titanic was uh, recently auctioned off for 34,000 pounds. So, you know, there's a whole business behind Titanic relics and things like that. I also told you that there was a novel that came out 14 years before the sinking of the Titanic, and it was called The Wreck of the Titan. Titan, the Titan. It was also called Futility. But it doesn't matter what the title was because it was published in 1898. And it featured a fictional British ocean liner named Titan that sinks in the North Atlantic after striking an iceberg. Hmm. Was author Morgan Robertson a fortune teller, Pitonisa? Or was it just coincidence, casualidad. Remember, we don't say casualty in this case because a casualty is una baja. So you could use that in another sense. For example, how many casualties were there on the Titanic? Pérdidas, bajas. So now we're going to take a look at different parts of a ship. We said the anchor already. We said the bow. The bow is proeza. And be careful because you spell it exactly the same as the word bow, like bow and arrow or rainbow, but it's pronounced the bow of the ship. It's the same as the word hacer reverencia. The king bowed when he reached the bow of the ship. It's a good way to remember it. The deck, which we said before in Spanish, is la cubierta, the deck. And the Titanic had nine decks. Then you've got the hull of the ship, el casco, it says here, the lower part of the ship, the hull, H-U-L-L. Then you've got the keel, the keel, it says, is quilla, which is the structural beam of the ship, the keel. 
And then the word we looked at before, the stern of the boat. La popa, I think you say, the rear, the stern. And also the word stern is severo, austero. Now that's about as far as I go with my ship knowledge. Those are the basic ones. But of course, there are many other parts of a ship. Now I also wanted to talk about my New York slash Titanic connection. What? Alberto, you are too young. There's there's no way you were on the Titanic. Well, no, no, no. I wasn't on the Titanic, but I used to hang out at Pier 54, and Pier is Muelle, and Pier 54 is a pier on the west side of New York in the Chelsea neighborhood. Now, this is where I used to live, so oftentimes I would walk down to the pier, and I would just chill out and maybe have a beer or a soda with my friends and watch the ships going by, and little did I know, little did I know, es no sabía yo, that that pier, which really was, uh, you know, nothing special. It was, in fact, it was dilapidated, hecho polvo, nondescript, como que no decía nada a nadie. You can take a look at it, Pier 54 in New York City. But I had no idea that that is where the Titanic was supposed to arrive. And I've spent hours there, and I didn't know that that was the place. And not just where it was supposed to arrive, but the Carpathia. The Carpathia was a ship that rescued many survivors. The Carpathia dropped the passengers off there as well. So it's a weird, you know, six degrees of separation kind of connection, but Pier 54, who would have thunk it? ¿Quién lo hubiera dicho? Now, yo sé, estás pensando thunk. No es thought. Yeah, pero es una frase hecha. Who would have thunk it? And like everything, the Titanic is not without its conspiracy theories. And there are many conspiracy theories around this ship. One of the ones that I thought was the most interesting, I, I don't know if I believe it or not, but I thought it was quite interesting how they put all the facts together, was that the White Star Line swapped ships. Now, to swap is hacer un cambiazo. They swapped ships, and the Titanic was not really the Titanic. It was her sister ship, the Olympic. I think the best thing to do in those cases is you guys take a look at the documentary and see what you think. You're free to draw your own conclusions. To draw conclusions is llegar a conclusiones. I mean, look at that fire thing. If you would have told me maybe 10 years ago, oh, there was a fire on the Titanic, I'd be like, that's a conspiracy theory. It was an iceberg. Uh, well, now there's proof that there was a fire on the Titanic. There's visual proof. There's verbal proof that there was a fire that was kind of ignored and they just thought it would go away. Again, uh, a chain of events, a lot of bad decision-making. And we're going to wrap up the bonus part of today's show with some idioms that have to do with ships. The first one comes from World War II, and this was a way of telling people to be quiet. Don't tell your business, and it's loose lips sink ships. O sea, labios sueltos hablando, pues hunden barcos. And they didn't want anybody talking about what was going on or giving any secrets to the enemy. So it was a way of saying, cállate la boca, porque puedes poner en riesgo nuestro eh, esfuerzo, ¿no? So loose lips 
sink ships. Remember, the, the word loose, suelto, is two O's, not like lose, which is one O. You can see this. There's a, a propaganda poster that says, loose lips sink ships. But it's an expression that we still use and we all understand. The next one is, that ship has sailed. And that means, ya se acabó, ya no tienes esa oportunidad más. Well, that ship has sailed. Se acabó ese, esa oportunidad. And the opposite is when one's ship has come in. So one day my ship will come in. That means one day I will be successful. One day I will have my moment. My ship will come in. But I hope that it's not a sinking ship, que también ahora es una expresión que hablamos. Abandonar, right? To, to abandon or to leave a sinking ship. Another one is all hands on deck. And we looked at the word deck before when we were looking at parts of the ship. And all hands on deck is something the captain would say, like, todos aquí porque tenemos que ayudar. Todos a la cubierta a ayudar. Y no solo se usa en un barco. Ahora, si estamos preparando una barbacoa, you could say, hey, come on, guys, all hands on deck. Todos a ayudar un poquito. Which is a little bit different than hit the deck. Hit the deck is al suelo. <laughs> Hit the deck. It means duck. Agáchate. Abajo. <laughs> uh, another one I love too is to run a tight ship. A lot of my students tell me that on the show with no name, I run a tight ship. That means I'm not very lenient. No soy muy permisivo. I'm pretty strict. I run a tight ship. In fact, I tell my students many times, shape up or ship out which is another one, which means ponte las pilas o a la calle. Shape up or ship out. It's a great one, and I remember my parents saying that one to me a lot of times. Shape up or ship out. Ponte las pilas, amigo. And the last one is jump ship. And to jump ship is abandonar. I hope you guys continue on your English journey with me, and I hope you never jump ship. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of FYI. <laughs> <laughs>